Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. If you were a genuine Christian, you wouldn't suffer so much. If you say God is for you, how can so many things be against you? Has anyone ever said those sorts of things to you? Or has that voice ever echoed in your own mind? The church in Corinth, which the Apostle Paul planted, was asking him these sorts of questions, questions which were really just veiled accusations. And the accusation went like this. Paul, your apostolic ministry must be invalid because you suffer so much. I mean, if God is for you, why is so much else against you? And so Paul writes 2 Corinthians in response to these accusations to defend his apostolic identity, his mission, and his life. This is an intensely personal letter. It's the most personal of all 13 of his letters in the New Testament because Paul is responding to personal attacks. Paul's primary line of argument is that his suffering, as opposed to invalidating his spirit-filled apostolic ministry, his suffering is, in fact, manifesting the very resurrection power of Christ and giving glory to God. You can almost hear Jesus whispering in Paul's ear, quote, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, Paul, it bears much fruit. That's Jesus from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 23. The theme of Paul's suffering for the sake of the gospel is probably why he begins his letter blessing, quote, the Father of mercies and the God of all consolation. Our Heavenly Father mercifully consoles those who suffer, especially for the sake of the gospel, and Paul begins his letter highlighting that. Paul places his hope squarely on this God of mercy who consoles. He says, He who rescued us from so deadly a peril will continue to rescue us. On him we have set our hope that he will rescue us again. That's verse 10 of chapter 1. Perhaps the most well-known verse in 2 Corinthians is the Lord's voice in response to Paul's appeal to relieve him of this thorn in the flesh, as Paul calls it. We don't know what that thorn in the flesh was, but we do know that Paul appealed to the Lord for this thorn to be removed from him. And the Lord speaks to Paul and says, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. 
That's 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. My power is made perfect in your weakness. This is why Paul goes on to write, So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. I mean, if your power, God, is made perfect in my weakness, then I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. He goes on, Therefore I'm content with weakness, with insult, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. Paul uses a brilliant illustration to fill out this argument a little more. He writes, But we have this treasure, meaning the gospel, we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Christ, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. That's in chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Imagine a bright light enclosed in a pot. The way the light shines out of that pot is if the pot is actually cracked. And in fact, the more cracks there are, the more the light shines through. Paul's illustration is that all of us, including Paul, are cracked pots, through whose weaknesses or cracks the light of Christ shines most brightly. You know, the health and wealth gospel, as it is called, runs in the opposite direction of Paul's entire argument in 2 Corinthians. This false gospel and its advertisers on television would have you believe that there's a correlation between your level of faith and your health and wealth. In other words, God rewards those who demonstrate faithfulness and punishes those who do not. The Corinthians had adopted a kind of health and wealth gospel when they used Paul's sufferings to accuse him of being a fraud. If Paul were a real apostle, they argued, certainly God would have rewarded him instead of allowed him to suffer so much. And speaking of suffering so much, take a look at 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 33. That's Paul's famous litany of suffering. So 2 Corinthians invites us, the readers, to consider how our own suffering can be redeemed by the Lord in order that the gospel treasure we have might shine through those very cracks. As I said recently, we must not confuse the Jesus way with the easy way. It is not, uh, is it not often precisely through the difficulties, through the dangers, and the spiritual droughts even, 
that the Lord ministers to and through us most powerfully? The message of 2 Corinthians today remains the same as it was in Corinth in 55 or 56 AD when it was written. And that message is this. Suffering for the sake of the gospel is not evidence against the genuine nature of your faith. Rather, suffering is an embodiment of the cross of Christ, and therefore the means through which God so often reveals his glory. For when we are weak, then we are strong in the Lord. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign, to subscribe, or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.